I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Lineals Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And it's the voice that makes you moist, Marcus. Seth, why are you confused about who you are? Well, I thought it might throw a little spice into it. Like, what if for this episode I'm like, whoa, maybe am I Seth? Like, maybe, maybe <laughs> you know, I've been replaced. You know, you guys could grill me on some questions that only I would know, things like that, you know. Oh, yeah. We're going to enter our third story arc. Exactly. <laughs> The first arc was Seth identity crisis. The first arc was uh, me and you dicking around. The second uh-huh. arc was Marcus comes in and fixes the podcast. Of course. And yeah, then yes. the third arc is I have an identity crisis. And for, I mean, we can do this for like a hundred episodes of you guys just seeing if I'm me or not. I think <laughs> we could actually really milk this one. We should probably just recast you actually for a couple episodes. See how it goes over the fans. That's smart. Have a guy with like a like a thick Slavic accent come in. <laughs> Be like, yep, this is Seth now. <laughs> My name is Safe. Oh no! Okay, <laughs> I am from Georgia. This isn't even racist. This is just bad. <laughs> that's not racist. I know. I, I'm, I'm saying flaws. it's not. I'm saying like you can <laughs> white people, as, as everyone knows, you can do any white people accent you want, no matter what kind of, well, no matter what race you are. But that was just True. a bad one. <laughs> just bad because it was bad. bad. This is how this Slav sounds. Oh no! This is what they talk like. Oh, oh no! Have you never met a Slav before? I mean, not <sighs> in person. Actually, no, I've never met one. <laughs> I really actually, this is just my ode to Elizabeth. Uh, is her name Olsen doing her accent in the Marvel movies as Scarlet Witch? Yeah, but that's Sokovian. The accent that appears and disappears seemingly at will. Well, the only reason is I think in the show, in WandaVision, it disappears because she's like, she's cast herself in an American television show and she's supposed to, she's like, doesn't have her accent anymore. They even make a point about it at one point when her, like, when Pietro doesn't have his accent either. So I think it's supposed to be. Like, Didn't she drop it in the movies too, though? Uh, I wa- I actually watched Infinity War last night, and it's definitely more low key. But she does still have the accent, like you can still tell. But she does like oh. she does like drop it down. I think between Civil War and Infinity War, is it actually subtly brilliant that that uh, she's living in America, so her accent is slowly disappearing? Is that what the the, could, the thing is? Could be it. Except in the movies, she wasn't living in America at the time, so I don't know. I thought she was. They lived in that fucking compound in, up in upstate New York. Well, yeah, but no, remember, in, in Civil War, she becomes part of the Shadow Avengers, because... Oh, Seth, there's so many war movies, I can't keep track and of all of them. Infinity War, her and Vision are living in, I don't know, I think, I think Berlin or some someplace in Europe. So, yeah. No. Come on, don't you know this stuff? Didn't you just rewatch all the movies like I did? <laughs> no, I have In not. a week? <laughs> The the one I watched most recently was uh, Spider Man Homecoming because I think that's still one of the best ones. I watched that one like uh, two or three years ago. Vulture, Michael Keaton, dude rules. Yeah, Michael Keaton. I mean, how can you? How can you go wrong? What a career! 
<laughs> yeah, Michael Keaton's got one of the one of the best. Remember Beetlejuice? No, no. What is? Never heard of that one. What's that? <laughs> Some kind of movie. There were rumors about a Beetlejuice like remake a while back that I guess never. Well, they happened. did the Broadway musical, and I, I think that was kind of when they wanted to like make a remake of the movie. But I don't know. I just feel like. I don't know. I think we should protect Beetlejuice. I think no one should ever be, get to be cast as Beetlejuice except for Michael Keaton. Because <laughs> you know they, they would cast like Jared Leto to play Beetlejuice. <laughs> exactly. It would be like, what? it would be Jared Leto or it would be, I don't know, they'd go the opposite direction. It would be like Kevin James <laughs> as Beetlejuice. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, you know who would be a great, a great choice for uh, Beetlejuice these days? Let me know. Uh, Army Hammer. Yeah, yeah, a real life Beetlejuice, if you will. <laughs> Super appropriate. Whatever happened with that? So it turned out to be true, I guess. Well, the the funniest thing ever is that so like he dropped out of some movie he was making in like Argentina or some shit, and then his lawyer made a statement that was like, uh, <laughs> it was like these messages were not sent by Army Hammer, even if he is a cannibal. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you say that part? <laughs> Why did you say even if he does do these things, those messages were not sent by Army Hammer? <laughs> and then Army um, Hammer obviously just, I mean, what you have to say is he's like, no, this is all horse shit. People are trying to ruin my life and all this. So I don't know. what. Here's the thing. The thing about me, for me is I read those messages and they are either 100% deep, deep, deep satire because they sounded like a clickhole article, honestly, or... That that's just how he talks. He talks like he's in a clickhole article. I can't explain it. I don't. It is either the fakest thing in the world or too real, and I don't know which one it is yet. I guess we'll find out over time. The best joke I've seen is that um, Army Hammer ate his brother Leggy Hammer, which is why you haven't seen him since the Social Network. (laughs) (laughs) That was that's like an all time tweet for me. It, Army Hammer is at the level of celebrity where he could. It's technically feasible that he could be a low key cannibal because he's like not famous enough that all his actions are watched and scrutinized, yeah. but also not so obscure that he doesn't have some power to accomplish. And this. does him being a cannibal make his role in Sorry to Bother You better? I think it does. Yes, for sure. I think it does. Mm. I think it makes that role 100% more hilarious. Does it make his role in The Lone Ranger better? Nothing can make anything about that movie better. So. Probably not. It's weird. Now that we know about Johnny Depp and we know about Army Hammer, that movie is just like turbo fucked. Yeah. Man. Cult- culture. Did anyone watch that film? No. It, had, no. it, made, it made very, very little money. <laughs> um, because, I mean, first of all, not only was it like racially insensitive, but also who wanted a Lone Ranger movie? You wanted a Lone <laughs> Ranger movie? Really? First of all, like for, the, for the audience watching, he raised his hand, which is not great for very podcast quiet. media. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> I, like I like westerns, westerns too, but let's make some new ones. Let's, I mean, when was there a less Lone Ranger movie or any any Lone Ranger media at here's all? Here's the thing: we can't just keep remaking the classics. That's why the best modern western is True Grit. It's completely original and not based on any <laughs> old media. Sorry to tell you this. Now, everyone, Seth, Seth is making a joke, but I'm here to tell you that the best modern Western is, in fact, the very much original and not ripped off uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. <laughs> no, you know what the best Western uh, modern day is? Aside from the N? Aside from the N? 
the Best Western Inn, the hotels of oh, the chain that exists. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, hilarious. Oh, best oh, Western oh, we've oh, seen oh, lately? Logan. Logan's a fair. Western. <laughs> fair. Don't tell anyone, but Logan's a Western. I, I'm going to put out this, this this opinion, which is controversial, which is that uh, Bone Tomahawk is the best Western of the like last 10 years. That'll be controversial one because it's a famously incredibly insensitive and conservative film. And yes. two, because not a lot of people have seen it. <laughs> so we, I haven't even seen that one yet, and I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> so The director is a big-time chud, and the movie endorses a... Like, it depicts Native Americans as, like, monsters. I'm thinking about... Uh, when I, what's his name again, the director? Oh, Seth, it's some, it's some weird name. Zoller? Zaylor? Zoller is his last name, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking about whenever I watch his movies, I'm just going to watch them all. Like, that's why I haven't watched Bone Time Hot, because I'm like, I think I just want to see what conservative filmmaking really is by just watching it back to back to back. <laughs> I was going to say, if Zoller doesn't have an eye patch, he's fucking up, because that name implies an eye patch. You should have one. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's see. Craig... S.S. Craig Zoller. Uh-oh. And no, he does not have an eye patch. He also doesn't look anything like I thought he would. So that's... uh, But... Oh, wait a minute. So there's a picture of him. Like, it's like an illustration of him. And I thought it had an eye patch, patch. but it's just him with a big... It's like a black eye. But from far Uh, away, it looked like an eye patch. So you're close? I guess. Um, So yeah, he does not look like what I thought he would, though. But... Yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably check him out sometime. But yeah, but okay, Bone Tomahawk is uh better than Django Unchained, apparently. Good to know. Mm, shit. Lies in the scene. No, hey, hey, he said it. I didn't. I think Django Unchained's better, but he was the one that said explicitly said I don't know if I would classify Django Unchained as a western. It's a spaghetti western. That's literally what he was going for. <laughs> I mean maybe. I don't know. I see it more as like a revenge movie. Well, westerns can't be about revenge? What is it with what is it with Quentin Tarantino and revenge movies? I mean, I think almost every movie in the world is about revenge. <laughs> in the end, <laughs> really, almost every the movie. Notebook. Welcome to revenge. Yeah, yeah. getting revenge on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's that old adage that every movie ever is about what? What is it like? A uh, new kid in town, or old? No, every story is either a new kid comes to town yeah. or going out to seek your, fa- seek your fame and fortune. Yeah, yeah, and by the way, movies are stories, so I'm not. But I'm saying it's more than just movies. Well, yeah, but every, every single piece yeah, but that's yeah. So yeah, so I think they're all about both of those revenge. Really? New kid comes into <laughs> town. He's getting revenge on not being from that town, and then what was the other one called? Seeking your fame and fortune. Seeking fame and fortune is getting revenge on not being famous and fortunate. <laughs> okay, how about how about Harold Maud? That is getting revenge on uh, death, I think. <laughs> actually, it's actually by getting revenge on life, I think. Uh-huh. Okay, smart guy. How about Stalker? I've never seen Stalker, so... I'm mean, getting revenge on a Stalker, maybe. I don't know, actually. That's not what the movie's about. Ooh, what um, about Tenet? Getting revenge on the audience. <laughs> yes, exactly! <laughs> getting revenge oh, on liked my two movies? and a half hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> we should get our revenge on Nolan at this point. Exactly. I should make him watch a movie that is told linearly and see how he likes it. 
no one's punishment should be to be to have to watch nothing but the Snyder cut uh, for like a week. He gets to watch the Snyder cut and then it, to take a breather, he can watch the Netflix show Disjointed. Those are the two things uh, he gets to watch. Oh, and then he can watch that s- new uh, Netflix show about <laughs> where they have that weird racism talk. Or not even racism. Gr- What's it called? Frank and Frankie or something? Jenny and or? Georgia. Jenny and Georgie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was something. Let me tell you something, man. I have not seen the Snyder Cut. Um, no one has. Pro- hopefully never will. Uh, but I feel like if you had to do that routine you just said, you would, boy, you would look forward to Disjointed. You'd be like, thank God I'm back to Disjointed yeah, again. you really might. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I'm just going to do bits about the Snyder Cut for the rest of my life. <laughs> because I don't think it's ever going to be less funny that we let, that we as a society, we live in a society and we let this happen. <laughs> We've made, there have been some terrible movies made, some terrible decisions Absolutely. made regarding movie making. But none of them have made less sense to me than the Snyder Cut. Have you seen the- 70 million dollars on reshoots. For a movie that people didn't like to make it twice its runtime, to make it four hours and five minutes long. Have you guys seen the images of Jared Leto as the Joker in this? Yes, yeah, I have. Where he's literally doing that, the Jesus pose. Mm-hmm. What is this movie? How are that's they two- adding another hour? <laughs> no, Seth, adding two hours. I guess that's true. The movie was like oh, here's the thing. I, I can't, I'm not going to blame Zack Snyder for Jared Leto doing the whole Joker Jesus thing because he probably just showed up looking like that one day. Yeah, they probably wouldn't even. He probably wouldn't record anything else. No, he probably came out of his trailer dressed as Jesus and was like, "Fuck you, I'm Jared Leto." That's another thing we probably will have to pay for one day is that we let Jared Leto happen. We all. We we watched Dallas Buyers Club and we're like, oh, this guy's this guy's good. I appreciate this. Mm-hmm. And then he went too far, and we let him. We didn't. He we had all the options in the world to stop him, but we didn't. We all just stood by and let Giolito do whatever he wanted for far too long. <laughs> and look where it got us. I know now what it was like to be a German citizen in 1937. <laughs> <laughs> We let Jerry Leto and the Snyder Cut happen. I mean, y'all are laughing, but the motherfucker has a cult island where he walks around in all white, surrounded by women of all ages, and just has sex constantly. Yeah. We're letting that happen. Yeah, it's 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 out there. There are people with the power to put an end to this, and they have not. And we're all complicit. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't. <sighs> we're not innocent. No one's innocent. We let him. Nope. We let him be in that band all those years. Yep. I can't remember. Thirty seconds to Mars, I think, and then mm-hmm. he took all of our seconds and put them into some sex island that Marcus got really excited about when we talked about it. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> That's just because I also want a sex island. All okay. right. Well, is that is that so bad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, listen. There aren't going to be any children on it. All right. So we weren't well, even okay, worried about that. <laughs> Why true. would you bring that up? I'm just saying. Like Smith was talking about how Jared Leto has women of all ages, and I was like, mm, all right. <laughs> I did spot one one guy in the picture wearing a, a guy uh, wearing a Marvel shirt, which I thought was very funny. And the Jared Leto sex island. <laughs> yes. <was> <laughs> It's a good bit, but I, well, but I guess in like a year he'll be Morbius for some reason. Oh boy! Yeah, 
I don't know. I don't. I feel like we've all collectively dreamt that trailer in that movie. I don't. I don't think Morbius is actually happening. Again, we all just stood by and let Morbius happen. Because <laughs> like, here's the thing: when when Marvel like when the movies like kicked off and they were like, okay, we're actually gonna do this. We're gonna make all these movies and have a connected universe. The first one, people were like, "Are you sure?" Was Guardians of the Galaxy? We were like, "That's not a very popular name. People don't know it very well." You've got good stars, and we don't know if it's going to translate. And it worked really well. Good for them. Sony has not done a very good job, because they, they gave up Spider-Man to Marvel. I mean, they still make money off the movies, but it's Marvel Spider-Man. They made Venom, which isn't very good. And even if it is good, not that good of a Venom movie. And now they're just like, they're like, all right, we, we, we got Spider-Man. He's over Marvel. We did Venom. The next logical step, Morbius. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but Guardians of the Galaxy is a, is a much better financial decision than Morbius. Yeah. <clears throat> Making the Venom movie with no connection to Spider-Man is such a stupid idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that's Venom's whole fucking thing. Yeah. So, I mean, what happened was, and this is basically, I think, honestly, think Sony is just making Venom and Morbius to make more money off Disney. Because what happened was they made the Venom movie. And then remember, it was like last summer, I think. It feels like it, this was five years ago. But it was last summer they were like, oh yeah, we're taking we're taking Spider-Man away from Marvel. He's only going to be in Sony movies now. He's done. He's not in Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. And they obviously did that because they wanted Disney to back a dump truck up to their porch and give them money to have him be in the movies. So Disney did that. And now he's back in the movies. And so the whole, I think, I think they're just making these other movies because they're like, we're going to take him back. He's got, he's got villains over here. He's got all these other characters we're going to, we're going to drop him in with. So you got to keep paying us for that. I think that's, I think they're literally just using all those movies to keep making money off Disney. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. And what if one day Disney's just like, yeah, whatever. And then you just have to have a bunch of Tom Holland, Tom Hardy, <laughs> uh, THTH. Oh no! I just realized Ooh. that um, a bunch of their uh, Spider-Man Venom fights. What if? What if? Here's the thing, though: the Morbius movie also has no connection to Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, not even a hint of the motherfucker showing up. Exactly. So, like, what's the point? Why do I care? And you know, the Marvel movies, including the ones that were co-financed by Sony, the Spider-Man ones, all have a similar uh, visual language. Venom and Morbius do not have that same visual language. So how do you expect to just throw the Tom Holland Spider-Man into that universe someday and it just makes sense? I don't know. Thinking back on it, I can remember only one scene from Venom, and it's the one where Tom Hardy gets into a tank full of lobsters and begins to eat them because uh, the Venom symbiote is hungry. A tank oh, I thought that was behind-the-scenes footage. <laughs> I thought Tom Hardy was just real hungry on set that day. <laughs> he starts eating raw lobsters. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like Tom Hardy. Yeah, I remember there was a scene in his apartment. I remember that. And I remember that there was a scene where he was like on a motorcycle. So Do you remember the short that someone made years and years ago? The Venom like backdoor short that starred that guy from True Blood? Ryan Quantin, yes. That was actually a pretty good short. Should have made that. Yeah, isn't it crazy that that guy doesn't have a career? It's insane because he is incredibly handsome. handsome. 
and talented. charismatic as hell. I mean, he yep. like, on True Blood, he is one of the best parts of every scene he's in. He's a great actor. And once again, an absolute smoke show of a man. Mm-hmm. And right. nothing. No career at all. He's in like a couple of things here and there. And that's it. I, I don't know. So I don't weird. know how Hollywood failed this man. Because he should have a, the one of the most vibrant careers in all of Hollywood. Because once He should again, have Jared Leto's career. Yeah. Because once again, <laughs> he's so hot. You know? Yes. <laughs> We should have given his, we should have given Jared Lewis' career to him. At this point, I just keep saying he's hot because Marcus uproariously laughs every time I say. Listen, that's true. Hey. <laughs> I I respect it. I can respect uh, another attractive dude. Like hey, another. What are you? Are you trying to throw yourself up there with Ryan Quantum? <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I asked a question. To be fair. <laughs> Guys, wait a minute. Hold on. <clears throat> Our show's about politics. Uh huh. Right, right. I forgot. So we should talk about politics for for a minute here. Some things. Oh that God, have yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> for a minute, I was happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't have that here. No, no. We got to talk about the 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 politics. Oh boy. All right. What happened? For a little bit. Lay it out for me. Well. Uh, it looks like we are definitely not going to see the $15 minimum wage increase. But but we got all riled up with Kamala Harris. <laughs> Why didn't she do anything? So that's not going to happen. Not sure when the checks will happen, if they ever happen. What I don't understand at this point is, what do the Democrats think they will get out of this? Out of not doing anything? What... what? Politically, what do they think they will get? (laughs) That's exactly what they... A strong Republican Party. Just something they've been yapping about since they got... Since Biden got in office for some strange reason. Because I don't see what they get. Because they'll they'll lose everything in in, 2022 if they don't get past something. And this was something. Mm. It's absolutely insane how... I just don't understand. Like a fifteen dollar minimum wage is literally the least you could do at this point because people are hurting, and seven twenty five was not sufficient when I was in high school, and it's not sufficient now. Yeah, seven twenty five wasn't sufficient when it became the standard. It was not sufficient yeah. at that point, and which was like two thousand and six. It's been fourteen years or some shit like that. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, I understand that. Joe Biden's administration is completely incompetent and they don't actually want to they don't want to make any of these changes these sweeping changes people thought they were going to make but I just don't see what they think they're going to get out of doing nothing do they even do they even care about winning do they even care that they won the election I don't it doesn't seem like they do I don't see what all that all those pushes all that getting people registered to vote and winning the election was even for if you don't want to do anything differently I just I'm like, why not just let Trump win at that point? Why not? Why even campaign? So, yeah. it's just flabbergasting to me that this is the decision they've made. Remember all the folks who told us throughout the entire campaign, you got to vote for Biden. He's the least, he's the, the lesser of two evils. Was the best argument that people made. You know, vote for harm reduction. Get the guy who won't be as bad. And it's like, yeah, sure, he's not as bad as Trump, but shouldn't we want something more than not as bad? And is you he can't not give me something? Is he not as bad as Trump? I don't understand. Trump wasn't 
Trump wouldn't pass a minimum wage. Trump wouldn't do more relief. Trump wouldn't do student loan forgiveness. Joe Biden has reopened a lot of these concentration camps. That they were made this big thing about how they were closing them. I mean, I don't, I don't even see what he's doing differently at this point, besides being a, a different name. Also, they bombed Syria. Last oh yeah, week, just great. Yeah, just all those, all those, uh, the bombs we dropped. That all you know, they had uh, believe in science and Black Lives Matter written on them, but they were uh, yeah. <laughs> doing the wrong thing. And I remember how people were outraged when it happened, or well, I say people, I mean leftists. <clears throat> and the next day, there were liberals who were on there who were like, "Listen up, leftists, okay? We got the facts now. The bombs were dro- dropped on any Syrian civilians or any civilian mi- civ- Syrian military. Mil- military. They were dropped on Iranian proxies." And I'm like. Why are we bombing Iranian proxies? Yeah, I'm not really necessarily upset as to who was getting bombed. I just want to know why we're bombing people and it doesn't seem to be a big decision. It seems to be something that is like $15 minimum wage. We have to fucking argue about it for six months. But they dropped a bomb over Syria at the drop of a hat. I mean, like it was nothing. Right. So why is why are we not being a part of that conversation at all? Not that they matter. And pe- I mean, people know me. I'm not, a, I'm not an opponent. Of, of violence when it needs to be done. Like if it's the Nazis or whatever, yeah, we had to go to war with those people. The Iranians are not that. And also they haven't really done anything to provoke us. Oh, and don't forget that like last week they, they were, pl- remember how 13 months ago Iran launched 11 missiles at Iraq and hit some near some US bases. Remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. And the, the news was all like, we got shocking new footage of what it looked like. And I'm like, okay. First of all, why are you saying this 13 fucking months later? Why the fuck do I care now? Yeah. And second of all, why don't you mention the fact that a week before they did that, we killed their top general. We assassinated him. Yeah, yeah. they don't. They, they try to sh- uh, take the, some of those details out. Iran didn't just bomb us for the fun of it. This isn't the fucking the sinking of the Lusitania here. There was, we, we provoked them. Mm-hmm. Shit, the whole reason we have a problem with Iran is because we overthrew their government, installed a Shah, and they then overthrew him, and we're pissed about it. We're the bad guys in this situation. In most situations, really. Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I was watching, I watched um, Black Panther yesterday, because I'm watching the Marvel movies, and I find it, I, I do really enjoy that movie, and I, I, I just find it so funny that the the Martin Freeman CIA character who's with him, when he's describing who Killmonger was, like, in America, he was like, oh yeah, Eric Stevens, he was like a, you know, a black ops operative, basically what he would do is he would, and, and it just says this, in a Marvel movie, a big movie, he's just like, yeah, basically we would just send him into, uh, like, countries that are st- currently being, like, having an overthrow, like, a change of power, all this, and basically just destabilize their economy and their uh, their government and, you know, make them bend to our whim, basically. It just says that. Like, it's nothing, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, does, is no one mad about this? He just basically admitted that the CIA does this? And he's the, he's a good guy. I mean, I guess if you, I mean, you want to see it that way, he's a good guy, but... Um, I mean, he helps the heroes win, right? I like, mean, he does. Uh, Killmonger is a good guy. <laughs> um, what? No, I'm talking about... I'm talking about Martin I know, Bones I'm character. saying Killmonger, the one who did the, all the other stuff. But yeah, he's the, he's I the understand hero, that. Yeah, or he's the villain on the, in the movie. He's a hero um, to me. <laughs> like, Michael Keaton is the, is the hero of uh, Homecoming. That's true. That's true. The only problem, and I think this happens in a lot of movies. I was talking about this the other day with a friend, is it's like with um, Martin. Martin. Oh my God. Uh, Michael. 
We just said his name. I'm crazy. Killmonger. No. The famous <laughs> Michael, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Oh, my God. With his character in Spider-Man is they do this thing. They do this in so many movies that are basically tools for capitalism, which is where they present someone who has a very, you know, honest outlook on life, which is working class people are being taken advantage of, taking advantage of all the time by the, the upper classes. And if you, the two things you can do is you can perish or you can do some illegal shit and try and get on their level. And that's what he does. But then, but then what they do is they undercut that all by just like, in the end, he's just, I don't know, he's just kind of destructive. Like he, they're just, they, they don't add another layer onto the character because then people would root for them more. So it's just like, okay, yeah, I, I agree with this guy. He likes blue collar workers, but also he just wants to. Fuck over Tony Stark, who is our, our hero. He's the man we love. So I can't do this. And then with Killmonger. Killmonger is the most egregious example. Because it's like, he thinks that there's people around the world who are being disadvantaged because of because of their race and because of their economic class. And he thinks that, you know, this there's this country that has all the resources to help them out. So they should. And that's correct. But the way he carries it out in the movie is like, let's just send a bunch of futuristic weapons to these people and just see what happens. Like there was like there wasn't a level of planning to where you're like oh this makes sense so to the audience it's just like oh he just wants to give people a bunch of guns so they can probably kill the police officers and the the government I can't I don't like this so then they're just like oh he's the bad guy even though he has good ideas I think movies do this all the time when they have a really good villain who the crowd would honestly get behind so then they just have to throw some random bullshit in there to make them the bad guy to be fair to Killmonger mm-hmm. and his plan, uh, having just uh, watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah, Hell yeah. if you had sent Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers a crate full of uh, futuristic laser guns and shields, they could have probably taken over Chicago. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But people, not more. But most people don't think about it that way. You know, they're just like, give people a bunch of weapons. They can't. That. What will they do? They'll have so much power. Oh, but it's fine when the U.S. government sends oh, guns exactly. to right-wing terrorists into South America. You know, that's totally okay. Destabilizing one governments, guy, that's fine. But if this dude wants to give guns to, like, let's say, the Palestinians yeah. to overthrow, you know, their apartheid oppression, that's bad. Yeah. So. The Marvel movies are fucking insidious, if you ask me. They are they are corrosive to our souls. I think, I don't know. I, I go back and forth about that all the time because, um... Like a lot of the, a lot of times they can be, I call them like tools for capitalism to keep us kind of complacent. But also a lot of the movies, they do kind of expose that the military isn't great, which is for me, it's for, I don't know. I don't understand how to read the movies because when I read the movies, they say stuff like the thing the CIA, Martin Freeman says, they say stuff like that and they, um, they show that the military and the military industrial complex is corrupt. They, on, they do honestly 100% show these things. And I'm like, yeah, the military sucks. I agree. But then the movies are like sponsored by the military and they like promote the military. But I'm like, but I'm watching and I'm like, this doesn't promote the military at all. I don't see any positive messaging about the military in this movie. So, but I, so I don't see, but I obviously not everybody reads the movies the way I do, I guess. But I just, when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, the military, I don't see any positive messages about the military in this movie. So, or capitalism, honestly, but that's not how everybody sees them, so it's so hard because I'm like, no, these movies are great because they kind of, they're big billion dollar movies that kind of show us how shitty everything is in some ways. But I guess, once again, not everyone reads it that way, so I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Marcus, what's your what's your thought here? <clears throat> well, on, on Seth's point, I think back to uh, 
the original Iron Man movie, where Stark Stark has made his millions creating weapons, and they're being used on he doesn't give a crap who, until he's like imprisoned out there. He sees what his weapons are doing, to people, and he has to build another weapon to get out alive. Which honestly, just him building that suit just carries the whole what Iron Man franchise for three yeah. movies. But isn't that isn't that movie one of the only ones that wasn't sponsored by the military because it was because sure, yeah. it was like anti uh, military in the outset, um, which is funny, right? Because right. once again, when I see them, all I see is anti military imagery to me. So I don't know how to read it the other way. I guess that's just a problem with being who I am. But <laughs> I do think I mean. The military thing is one thing, but the the love of capitalism is very much there in those movies. Because once again, the hero, the the man who carries all twenty two movies, whether he's in them or not, is Tony Stark, and he is he's once again this idealized version of a billionaire who like actually helps people. <laughs> but I'm gonna say something here, go ahead. and it's it's that Tony Stark only carries those films because of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was mm-hmm. somebody not as goddamn charismatic as him, they'd be leaning on fucking uh, Captain America to do it instead or somebody else yeah. because he is a singular actor that he can make a person like Tony Stark who's a complete piece of shit into someone you want to watch. Yeah. He's just that talented. I agree with that. <laughs> but because of that, he is he is kind of the, the hero of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, because that's the thing I was talking about the other day, we are talking about um, Homecoming is Peter Parker is very much a like lower class kid in Queens. Not, I guess, low, like, around wh- whatever middle class is in Queens. He's kind of that. He's obviously not a, not a billionaire. He just wants to be Spider Man. Um, but then what happens? Tony Stark comes in, gives him a cool suit, says, "Hey, come help me uh, fight these guys." Hey, don't worry about the ideology. Just come fight with me. Don't don't worry about anything. And then now, and then for the rest of the movies, uh, uh, Peter Parker just looks up to Tony Stark and he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, this is the best man ever. And I'm like, but he, I mean, but he's the billionaire, you know, he's the, he's the, the corporate machine. And it's just so weird that, and this working class kid or what, I guess, whatever you want to call Peter Parker, um, is, is just idealizing a billionaire like we do in society a lot. And it's just so, I don't know. Yeah. It, it is, it's a very, very uh, insidious way to get people to not, not think about it. Not only that, he doesn't just look up to Tony Stark. He is his thug. He is yeah. his child soldier. He is his Pinkerton, essentially. Yep. You're using his suit and, and taking his orders. And it's a suit which has, you know, that instant kill function. It's like a joke in the movie. Not as funny as you really think about it, though, is it? No, 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 no. Right. Also, do you know what what one scene from the Iron Man, original Iron Man film, sums up the entire Obama administration is? Oh, let me know. The scene where he goes to the Middle East to solve their problems. Yes. And he's like, they have all the women, the women taking, they're taking them hostage in front of him, right? And the suit just like tracks every single dude and then it shoots all of them in the head with a single bullet and ends the whole thing. I'm like, that is the Obama administration. That is, here's our drone strikes that are super well targeted, our surgical attacks take out just the bad guys yeah and it's like that's what people thought it was they they thought they thought about iron man probably probably um i do want to i thought about this the other day and this is kind of on topic kind of off topic i was thinking about captain america civil war both the movie and the comic book because they both have the same the civil wars over the same thing in both those mediums no it's not i mean it's about should superheroes have to register 
Sure. Okay. They're both about that in a in the on the outset. And you, Smith, are very much on the side of superheroes should have to register and be uh, kept under control and um, only deployed when needed. All that. Well, stuff. they should be executed, but that's a different. Well, yeah, story. yeah, yeah. But in that in in the two sides that are in the movie, you think they should have to register and sure. only be deployed when possible. And I thought about this the other day, and I'm like. Because I'm, I'm always on Cap's side, I think. I'm like, because the only reason I'm on the side of superheroes not registering is because it would do jack shit. Because if Malekith comes down from the fucking sky in a straight, in a huge ship and is like, I, I can kill everyone here. What, we, what is the military going to do? What, what's going to happen? What, what, what is going to, why would Thor sit there and be like, I, I got to wait till this guy tells me I can deploy. I'm just going to sit around. What? What do you do? What do, what do you do? I, I like how you went for the deep pull of Malekith. That's I know. That's the first one I thought of. I was like, he comes down in a big spaceship. Amazing. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, he can do anything he wants. He has all the power. First of all, Thor wasn't even part of this whole thing. He's his only. I know. No, I'm just saying, superheroes in general, I mean, if Malekith comes down, what, what's going to stop Tony Stark? What's going to stop Captain America? Like, what what, what is the military going to do against Malekith? Tell me. I mean... My problem would be that they would deploy them uh, all the time and not, it wouldn't be a problem of Cap's fear of they'd be held back. It's the opposite, I think, is that they would be sent in all the time to handle all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's, here's the Avengers invading Iran. Well, yeah, that's kind of, you like it. that's kind of the, the uh, thesis of the boys is, cause you know, Homelander just right. goes over to some Middle Eastern nation, kills 6 billion people, children included, and then just flies back home. Um, but once again, you're not, you're not living in that universe. You're living in the Marvel universe, which is once again, a very generally optimistic universe. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, here's the thing. Yes. They get deployed to Iran. They kill innocent people all the time. Yes. That's bad. Malekith is on earth. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand how, like, and first of all, what are you going to do to stop them? If if Tony Stark wants to just go do whatever he wants, who is going to stop him? Well, okay, remember uh, in the original Avengers movie, right? Yeah. There's that scene where they're trying to go send the nuke in to destroy New York City. And, yeah. You know, uh, Nick Fury has to blow up the jet with a fucking rocket launcher yeah. or whatever. Like, that whole scene requires you to believe in, a, in a, an irrational and even more irrational than usual worldview. Uh, because I think that uh, it's just like it's unbelievable. Like you said, if if the spaceship comes out from outer space and Malekith comes out of it, they're going to send in the Avengers because they're going to look at the situation and say, "Well, fuck." I mean, the guns aren't going to stop this dude. We can't just shoot him to death. Sure. Send in the fucking guy with the hammer and the big green guy. Like they'll handle it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. Cap. The whole the whole conflict is stupid because it, it made more sense in the comic books where the the triggering event was that a school full of children yeah. were killed by his dumb superhero. Yeah, I do agree made, that made the movies call. had to do had to do a very dumbed down version of it. Um because in the comics it is very the comics has the opposite issue though, where the setup is very good and the payoff is terrible. <laughs> the that <laughs> oh the God, last so page of the Civil War comic book is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever looked at in my life. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh my god! And the the movie has you know a, a cool fight scene at the end. Who cares? But that that last comic book page is so bad. Because <laughs> if, if people don't know, 
in the, in the original Civil War comic book, the last sort of like event that happens in the in the fight is that Captain America is about to kill Tony Stark. Like he has him on the ground, armor all beat up, gonna fucking chop his head off with the with the shield. Kind of what happens in the movie actually a little bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he is grabbed by what I like to call uh, the 9/11 crew, yep. which is uh, a firefighter, a police officer, uh, an EMT, and like and uh, I, I, I like a sailor or something. Like honestly, something <laughs> insane like that. Yeah, it's something stupid. Like a like an oil like, rig no, worker. Cap. <laughs> like no please cat don't do it and then he's like oh no i i've been touched by the 911 men i can't yeah. and i've let stops. i've let down my people and then they stopped <laughs> and it is laughably bad honestly let's not forget <sighs> that the 911 event that happened in, in the Marvel comics was so fucking stupid we're like fucking doc- dr doom is crying oh yeah i do love that for some reason, they had to address it, like, in the Marvel Universe. Like, I don't know. Just let it happen. I, I don't know. Christ. We've been on Marvel stuff for way too goddamn long. We can't talk I mean, about this all day. It's it's way more fun than politics. So I'll give you that. It, it, you know what, though? It is kind of like discussing... I can't believe we're, we're even doing this. Mm-hmm. But discussing things through the lens of comic book media... Is just like how things are for people. Like we're so brain damaged and broken that this is our this is our discourse. It's true, and I've been brain damaged and broken my whole life. <laughs> so I've been, yeah, I've been put to the ringer. Um, but I'll say this, Seth, on your point about the fifteen dollars minimum wage. Yes. About what are the Democrats hoping to get out of this? Don't know if they have anything to get out of this. They're, they don't care because they're going to get paid regardless. So their their consultants are going to get paid. That's who cares. But. I have been listening to a lot of the Revolutions podcast by Mike Duncan. I recommend it to everyone. Go check it out. And the common theme amongst every single one of these revolutions he talks about is there is a long period of years where the ruling class continues to fuck up and fuck up and fuck up until they can no longer continue to fuck up because the people are in the streets. And I feel like after 2020, we saw people in the streets en masse and now we're coming about to the new administration, the promise of we're going to fix it. Don't worry. The bad man's gone. It's okay. Strong daddy Biden will fix it for you. <laughs> and they are still fucking up. And my question is, how many more years can they continue to fuck up without anything happening? Because historically speaking, it can't go on forever. It just can't. At some point, something will happen. I'm not saying there'll be a revolution tomorrow or five years or whatever from now, but I'm saying that somebody's going to have to do some shit because you can't keep failing the people this long. I mean, the what's going to happen is they're going to get swept in 2022. I mean, if they don't do one thing, I, don't, I just don't see how he would vote for, like, what is going to mobilize people to vote for Democrats this time? absolutely nothing exactly it'll be the same thing it'll be the same thing it'll be, it'll be bullying you into, th- into saying this is the lesser of two evils vote for the, the less mm-hmm. bad person and that i think that's why they're crying about not having a strong republican because they just want to sit back let republicans do whatever they want and then be the saviors by not doing that yeah by doing that's the same that. thing but with a, a a blue title card under your name <laughs> right um or like we we weren't as bad as we could have been yeah and it's like, to me, it's like, I hate that politics is just a game in the end. Because like I said, when Joe Biden was ended up being the nominee for president, who who fought for him? You had fucking, you know, you had Bernie Sanders. You had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar and Stacey Abrams and like all these people who were like, yeah, we got to get him elected. And now he has gone through and 
done nothing for all these people who don't get elected. You like if you follow Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on Twitter, all she does is complain about how Joe Biden's a useless president. <laughs> and I'm like, but a month ago you told me to vote for him. I don't understand. You knew this was going to happen, and whether you like some, whether you like a politician or not, they knew this was going to happen, and they had to fall in line and campaign for the guy anyway. It's all it's it's such it's all a game in the end. Like it, there's not any real change that's going to come about by Joe Biden being president, but all these people had to put on a face like they cared, and I just it makes me so mad that that's that's how we have to deal with politics these days. Yeah, the problem is that they fucking they fall in line. That's the problem is you have to fall in line to get anywhere, which means you'll get nothing done. You know, right? you'll become, you'll eventually you'll become Nancy Pelosi again yep. and have no no morals or ethics or anything. But real quick, guys, yep. CPAC happened uh, last week, I guess, uh, which is the big conservative conference that happens uh, every year. And people discovered that the stage that they put up, did y'all see this, is shaped like the Odal rune? Yeah. Yes. Just how? Blatant. How? Fucker. It cannot be an accident, right? Like, we're, like, even has the cutout in the middle. Even the diamond in the middle for the fucking rune. That can't be an accident. Yeah, I, but, I don't know. But Ted Cruz at this thing, who we all love on the podcast, big, big, big friend of this <laughs> yeah. Ted Cruz said that Joe Biden is to the left of Woodrow Wilson. Now, I don't think Ted Cruz knows his history very well. No. Because Woodrow Wilson screened Birth of a Nation at the White House. So pretty fucking easy to be left of him. Yeah. Right? I, I, I would yeah. say so. Um, so yeah. I keep, I'm trying to look it up because um, I forgot to write it down. But Ted Cruz told like a total non-joke about AOC at the thing. And I want to see if I can find it, because um, it's like the weirdest, like not funny thing I've, I've ever seen. It's like a, it's like a person who doesn't know what a joke is trying to tell a joke. Oh my well, god! That's easy because Ted Cruz isn't a person. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. Basically, basically, I can't find it in this article. But he was just like, "Oh yeah, that Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She's so mad. God, I I would hate to be in a room with her, right?" Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And I mean, even that audience wouldn't laugh at his jokes. People who like wanted <laughs> to see Ted Cruz would not laugh at that. And I'm like, because it honestly felt like he was like, he's like, okay, I can set myself up for a joke and I can just follow through. I don't need it to write it down. I'll figure it out as I go, right? I'm Ted Cruz. I'm Mr. Charisma, okay? And then <laughs> just nothing. He just, he kept talking until people just kind of <laughs> didn't care what he was saying anymore. But it, it was just like a, a, a person who has never honestly heard a joke in their life was like, I'll figure it out. Okay. Mm, boy, yeah. Good old Ted. Oh, yeah. Teddy. Comedian. <laughs> the cruise. So, yeah. Uh, another political news here in Georgia, in case y'all don't know, uh, Marcus, the uh, the GOP just voted to or is going to vote right now to pretty much make sure we never vote blue again. Uh, oh boy! They just passed a bill in the House that would limit uh, locations and hours of drop boxes, reduce early weekend voting, and prohibits giving food and drink to waiters in line. What kind of this is that heinous ass like? This is like you shouldn't be able to do that. Exactly, it's that like, stuff that like. 
you're like, oh, this should this is clearly illegal, right? You can't do this. Right. Like, oh, we actually we actually found out we can. We thought we thought it was legal too. Guess what? Totally illegal. We can just fuck you over all we want. Holy shit. So yeah, it's it's completely fucked up. I don't I don't even know I don't even know how you can legally justify that. It's a- the I'm problem sure is like, some... oh, it saves costs. You know, we we keep these we we keep stuff open less. You know, less electricity, right. uh, less foot traffic in places. You know, it's actually pretty good. Going you know, to save on gas and uh, all this. I, I don't know what voice I'm doing. Who yeah. am I? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what voice I was doing there. I guess that's what conservatives sound like to me. Right, um, Ted Cruz gremlin. <laughs> yeah, it was a little Ted Cruzy. It was. But uh, so yeah. I guess they're so mad about the the Senate race that they were in the presidential race. We're not going to get that. We're never going to be voting blue again. Which who gives a fuck, really? <laughs> right. But, uh, By the Biden's way, doing great with that. Speaking of uh, voices, I actually for the first time in my life heard Jeff Bezos's voice the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. I had never. I I just I was I realized I've never heard the man talk in my entire life. But then Bernie Sanders posted something on Instagram like an interview with Jeff Bezos where he was like talking about. It was Bernie Sanders commenting on it, being like, "Oh, billionaires are awful." And I heard Jeff Bezos talking. I'm like, "Well, that's that's what I expected." I didn't really, <laughs> no surprises there. So yeah, uh, politics sucks. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Moment. Mostly because nothing's happening, and right. it's just boring. And anything that's going to happen isn't going to be good for us. Yeah, anything that's going to happen isn't happening. <laughs> that's the thing. All these things so that they're proposing don't happen. So, Seth, I know you've seen uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Marcus, you yes. have not. No. Marcus, you should see it, though. It's a very good film. Yeah. Right. it's Out of the two movies I've seen this year, it is far and away the best movie of the year. Oh. Um, so, so, if people don't know, Judas and the Black Messiah is about Fred Hampton... Uh, and Bill O'Neill, Fred Hampton, was uh, the chairman of the Illinois uh, Black Panther Party. Um, he was, I mean, incredible uh, in, in all ways. Yeah, incredible rhetoric. Uh, he could, you know. Oh, my God. What is the analogy Bill uses in the movie? He could sell salt to a slug. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's exactly who he was. He's in, even like I mean Daniel Kaluuya, who plays him in the movie, is very good at it. And even if you watch real footage of Fred Hampton, the man can talk so well and just get anybody behind him, except for the FBI, obviously. Oh, and you, I watched it, and Kaluuya has nailed Fred Hampton's speaking style. The yeah. way he spoke, he's got it down. He really has. Um, and Bill O'Neill was a young man who was arrested for stealing a car and impersonating a federal uh, officer. And instead of going to jail, he was offered the chance to work for the FBI by infiltrating the Black Panthers and informing on them. And then eventually was responsible for uh, drugging uh, Fred Hampton when he was murdered by the police. Yeah. At the age of 21 years old, I should say. 21. Um, and Bill O'Neill's and punishment this- was having to uh, talk to Jesse Plemons all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> I have a quote here from Jesse Plemons' character, Agent Roy Mitchell of the FBI, um, which this is not a quote from the actual person himself. I'm not sure if he ever said this or not, but this is what they had in the movie. Um, he's kind of de- depicted for a while as semi-sympathetic, like maybe he's not totally down with all the all yeah. the shit that the Bureau believes But then in. they break that facade real quick later on in the movie. But he says this uh, to, uh, to Bill O'Neill in a meeting in his home. He says... The Panthers and the Klan are one and the same. Their aim is to sow hatred. I'm all for civil rights, but you can't cheat your way to equality. You certainly can't shoot your way to it. 
Yeah. Wow. And like you said, whether they, whether he really said that or not, that is that was a prevailing that was the logic of a lot of these guys from the FBI and law enforcement, and even guys who weren't just just regular people, where their whole idea was that you know all these civil rights movements were yeah like they depicted it as a shortcut. They were like, yeah, these people they they can't they can't just get freedom out of nowhere. <laughs> what are you talking about? And mm-hmm. it's a really insidious way to talk about it. Yeah, cheating your way to equality. When that line happened, I like saw red. The movie gave me a very genuine, angry reaction when that happened. Yeah. Because and also, how many times throughout history have people shot their way to equality? Turns out it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's you, a lot what do they think America did? What do they think the American <laughs> Revolution was? Did we not teach that in school anymore either? Like I don't no, understand not. <laughs> what that was. So that that line was incredible to me. I thought it was probably one of my favorites in the entire film was it reveals so much about the character. Because that's how liberals think. That's that is a liberal consensus today. Yeah. Is like you can't you can't shoot your way to equality. Yeah. It's like uh, but <laughs> actually <laughs> I have a second quote. Uh-huh. This one is from Fred Hampton himself. I'm pretty sure this is from one of his speeches that he made. Uh, this is a much better quote that I think I think people will enjoy. And it also reflects on our modern day uh, situation. And it says, it's not a question of violence or nonviolence. It's a question of resistance to fascism or non-existence within fascism. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. You can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. Yeah. By the way, this man was 21 years old. Probably 20 when he said that. Yeah. Like... I'm a failure. I, I can't. I can't talk like that. What the hell? Um, Listen, we're, we are all failures. If you compare yourself to someone amazing like that, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a really good way to say it. I think that's it's very poetic, and it's one of the reasons that he was so influential. And one thing I want to I want to express on the podcast is the movie. Because a lot of times when they make movies about civil rights leaders, um, they pretty much lean only on the race issue. They're like, hey, they were. You know, people were racist. They were they were treated like shit, and this is bad. And they don't ever focus on the fact that a lot of civil rights leaders were also socialists and what modern day leftists. Like Martin Luther King Jr. was that way. He had a lot of uh, anti-capitalist ideas as well. And this movie, ju- from the jump, shows off how anti-capitalism um, Fred Hampton was. The first line we hear Daniel Kaluuya say as the character is a direct quote from Fred Hampton. Where he was like, we're not going to fight capitalism with capitalism. We're going to fight capitalism with socialism. Because the Panthers, especially in Chicago, were very much about social programs and helping uh, educate children and feed families and a lot of things that required you know, community efforts but made everybody safer and better in, in, in uh, where they lived and where they were, um, where they were living and protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and let's not forget the, the Black Panthers was a... Uh self-defense group essentially yeah because when kkk members are burning crosses at their houses and shooting up black people they were like hey all right we're gonna defend ourselves from this yeah and when they did that the government stepped in was like whoa 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 (laughs) you can't you can't not get shot by this fucking hate group what are you what are you thinking Let's not forget that Ronald Reagan signed a fucking gun control bill in California when he was governor because of the Black Panthers. Yeah, let's not forget mm-hmm. that the FBI has literally killed every civil rights leader in the history of all time. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Um, yeah. They definitely killed MLK. They probably killed Malcolm X for sure. And Fred Hampton when he was 21. 21 years 21. old. And they've probably killed people like uh, leaders from the BLM movement as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. If it wasn't if it wasn't the local PD, it was the FBI for sure. Yeah, and uh, and this day, actually these days the FBI has it easy because you got all these fucking proud boys running around who will do the job for you, and yeah. it's like insane. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. And the movie, I, I'll give it credit; it does depict the FBI as being a monstrously racist organization, uh, like it was. Like Herbert Hoover was a fucking racist and shit. Like it's just no way around it. Yeah, I'll say it does a very good job. It never tries to do, you know, the thing a lot of movies do, where they try to redeem the FBI or make one. Because like even you said how Jesse Clemens was kind of like the he might be good in quotes, but you find out throughout the movie that he's not. He's another piece in the system, and he's just as bad as everybody else. I think what happens with him is, I mean, of course, he 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 has a he, before this the scene that he reached, where in my opinion he changes happens. He has that line about civil rights and all that. Uh, but there's a moment in the movie where I think he makes a choice, and it's like, are you going to conform to the white supremacist ideology of the FBI? Are you going to reject it? And he chooses to embrace it, yep. and you know that's it. Like, he, he, there's no way around it. That's what he did. And uh, yeah. but if you haven't, if you want to check out the movie, I highly suggest it. It's on. It's going to be on HBO Max if you have that until the fourteenth of this month. It's, then it'll be off for like a couple months. And if you can't find it there, I know places. There's other places yeah. you can watch this movie if you need to, <laughs> Marcus. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. Oh, I, I can I can you know highly recommend it. Yeah, it never once tries to both sides Fred Hampton. There's no fucking, like, middle ground here. It's that he was right, and they murdered him for it. Yep. Like, it never tries to fuck around and say it's, like, some bullshit, which I'm very happy with. Yep. So, highly recommend that movie. I hope that director goes on to do more stuff. He, he seems like he's got a lot of, a good eye for that stuff. As well made. Shaka King, I hope he makes some more stuff. Yeah. Good, good director, as far as I can tell. But yeah, what else? Um, video games. You guys been playing anything besides Genshin Impact? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Smith? I'm sorry. Uh, I have been playing uh, the Miles Morales game still, taking it very slow. Good. Like one mission every every couple of days because wow. yeah, get my money's I worth. I beat it this in game. one city. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I also have have picked up um, Bravely Default Two. Which is like a, a JRPG turn-based JRPG. So I'm going to see how that is. Has a very unique system, in case y'all don't know, which is what the name is: the Bravely Default. Which is you have two states your character can be in: Brave or Default. And like in Brave, you can go multiple turns at once, but you you steal them from your future essentially, right? So like you have to then like take two turns without doing anything at all, get skipped over. Or you can get do you the default mode, which stores up turns for later. So it's like a, a trade-off of when should you default and store up turns for later and when you should go brave and use those turns or possibly use future turns. So it's a interesting I'm system. glad you explained that to me because I saw a comment on Reddit the other day about some about the game and it perplexed me so much because the commenter was complaining that the name was too obvious. It was like now it's like with that that name it's just too obvious as to what the mechanics are and the problem is, I can usually tell people being sarcastic on Reddit, and this person was not being sarcastic. And I, w I just wanted to be like, I'm sorry, I don't understand what this game is just from the title. Bravely Default means nothing to me. 
Oh, he's they obviously played it... a lot of time in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should they should have called it you know uh, some a normal name or no no a more obscure name that really that really covered mechanics like uh, Dream Drop Distance yeah <laughs> or uh, three hundred and fifty eight divided by two days Project Triangle Strategy <laughs> there you go um, okay cool so Bradley yeah. Default two and uh, Miles Morales nice 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 but you Seth well I've uh, last week I rage quitted Cyber Shadow and this week I have rage quitted Hitman 3 not because the game is hard but because on Saturday I tried to stream it again and the servers crashed oh no and I was just trying to load a save and then boom I can't get into the game so instead I've been playing one of the best games of all time Hades and I've been getting more clears in and that's been fun and I've been getting back into Minecraft. I've, 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 I was playing with some friends, and now I'm kind of just building stuff on my own, in my own, like, own little creative world. It's just a good time, just a way to chill out and you know listen to other podcasts, watch, watch videos and stuff, just chill. So that's what I've been doing lately. Okay. Uh, I don't know. What, there's not any game I want to play. Right. I mean, the, ne- the game I'm looking at dead in the face is Deathloop. That's the game I want to play the most, but it won't be out for a while. Like, what, it comes out in, what, May or June? May 21st, maybe. May, so basically mm-hmm. June. So that's the o- only thing I'm really looking forward to. Um, I might tackle something in my backlog for now, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking straight on the barrel of Deathloop, and I know that it, I mean, that's just going to be a game where hopefully I'm going to be spending a lot of my time once it comes out. I'm uh, so hyped for Deathloop. I, so I'm right with you, Seth. I've been watching <laughs> all the videos. I, I love that the game has its own James Bond theme song. It now. does. And it has a single you can listen to as well, which I ah, oh, it's so good. Yep. Um, More games should have a James Bond theme song like this and Snake Eater. More mm. immersive Sims, please. Why yeah. is only Arcane making that? I mean, they're they do it very well, so I'm not gonna complain. But man, I would love to see more people doing immersive Sims because it's. I think it might be my favorite video game genre. Actually, I re- I really love those games. So yeah, I, I would like to see more of that. But yeah, I mean, if Deathloop can, if Deathloop can really do all the stuff I think it's going to do, which Arkane doesn't really disappoint with that, I think it'll be it'll be have a lot of replayability. It seems, I mean, yeah, it's literally I, built on replayability. I cannot wait for the multiplayer to just drop into your game, Seth, and just fuck you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be like the kind of like a fun version of Dark Souls multiplayer. Yeah, because I don't find Dark Souls multiplayer very fun, but that sound the the Deathloop one sounds really fun to play the other assassin. That sounds cool. That's um, gonna be really neat, I think. So, I'm Deathloop is like the big that's the that's that's gonna be for me the big PS5 game. Uh, yeah, it's the reason I wanted to get one. Like, I wanted to get one as fast as possible because I wanted to play Miles Morales and Demon Souls, but they were taking a big backseat to my real need to play Deathloop. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be on PC when it comes out too, or is it going to be just PS5 I can't remember exclusive? if it's PS5 exclusive for six months, or if it's going to be PS5 PC for six months, then on Xbox. I can't remember. Okay. Mm. I'll probably but, get it on uh, PS5 when it comes out, and then once it's on sale on Steam one day, I'll probably get it on PC as well. It's a good game, and plus Arcane could use the money, because more immersive Sims, please. Know, more, more Arcane videos. But that, the thing about Hitman 3 it makes me excited, though is like when when i played it it was very fun but do you know what ioi's next project is no what is it they're making james bond oh so if they can take a lot of stuff they do in hitman 3 and apply it to maybe make it a little more action-based for james bond that'd be pretty cool so i even though i'm insanely frustrated with hitman 3's insane 
server bullshit. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what they do with the James Bond. Can you play it without the servers? You can, but like I, but the thing is, I usually play the game when the servers are working, so my my saves are cloud saves. So then the 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 save I want to load to, where I have a lot of progress, is on the cloud. Uh-huh. So if the server crashes, I can't get to that save. Now, if I Why played the you... game exclusively offline, I would be able to do that. But I don't. When I play the game, it works. So then I have all these saves, all this progress. What are the benefits of playing online? Uh, you can, you get, um, the rate, you get cloud saves, you get rated at the end. They don't, that's the one problem is like, I know it's kind of like, it doesn't really matter, but I like the ra- the ratings they give you in games. You don't get that if you don't play online, which is insane because they made plenty of these games before online even existed and they all had rating systems. So why do you so gate me out of that for ratings? And there's one other thing you can't do um, if you're playing offline, but next time I play it, I might just say fuck it to my... Uh, progress and just go offline because I'm. Why don't you? Well, can you can you copy your cloud save to your to your P- PS5 as well? I have no idea. I need to check on that because for now I'm probably I'm probably not gonna play it for a while. But if I do want to go, because I have one mission left. I'm on literally the last mission. Because <laughs> um, I've been looking at it and thinking I, I want to pick this up. Like it looks fun as shit. It, it's very fun. Like when it, when it works, it's a really fun game. And there's a lot of there's like so many options I haven't explored yet in the levels that I would love to go back and do. But their servers are just fucking me over right now. Hate so, that shit when it happens, don't you? Yeah, but if you if you play it, just start offline and don't ever worry about the online shit. Just play it that way, honestly. Yeah, I like I'd like to get raided, but at the same time, it's not worth it. It's really not the bullshit. Make your servers work, IO. <laughs> but yeah, there's also this other PS5 game I'm looking at a little bit. Ooh. You seen this thing called Sifu? No. It's like a someone described it as uh, the old boy hallway fight simulator game. Uh, because the first thing they showed off is you fighting in a hallway, and it's very much like old boy. Um, oh, seafood. But the, Got it. Yeah. You said the interesting conceit of the game is it seems like whenever you die, your character gets older. Like, you age like 10 years every time you die. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay, I might add that so to I'm the list. Into it. Another game I want to play, have you guys heard of this game called Fights in Tight Spaces? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's basically Slay the Spire meets Into the Breach meets John Wick. Yep. <laughs> Think about those three things together for a second. It looks so fun. So I'm probably going to pick that game up and play that pretty soon. But yeah, this I'll, I'll I, add seafood to the list. I got to look at this. The, they do have a demo on Steam that I was playing already. For and what? Why some tight spaces? Yeah. Nice. And I, oh, I got... Probably to the third stage before I died, because yeah. it's like a it's like a long crawl kind of thing, because yeah. you don't heal after every place you fight at. So, whew, boy, it's yeah. tough. I'll tell you that. That's cool. Yeah, I want to play that game. It it, it really com- combines like three of my favorite things in the world in a, the most <laughs> random order. A strange looking game, but also a fun looking. Yeah, game. yeah, it looks so cool. Um, I've also been playing Curse of the Dead Gods, which is like Hades but more punishing. Um, it's fun, but I'm not sure. I, I will not be putting as much time as I did in Hades, probably. Oh, I also bought Shadow Empire, which Ooh. is a game that was designed for a person with a brain like mine. Yeah. Uh, to give you to give you a, a perspective, the instruction manual for the game was 350 pages long. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's exactly the kind of grognard ass game I want to play. So I haven't played it yet, but I'm I'm gonna read that instruction manual. and I'm gonna play that fucking thing. Yeah, read the instruction manual. Right. We, if I read the instruction manual, it'll take me like f- three weeks. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to play the game at that point. 
I feel like I already played it. It's like uh, Seth remembers uh, how excited I got one time over a uh, plus 600% production tile in Galactic Civilizations 2. Yeah, I had to alert mm. all the ladies around us that <laughs> there was a, a king shit was in town. <laughs> Did they wet themselves immediately? Yes, yeah. it was a very good because tile. The, the, yeah, the, it was a production tile. They were producing like crazy. It was a plus 600% production tile, people. Damn. Ooh. On my home world. Do you know how rare that is? Also, I want to point Gosh. out that Shadow Empire is great because it looks like it was developed in 1992. Listen here, asshole. No, no, I'm saying that's kind of cool, though. But yeah. it, it looks so retro, but it honestly looks like an old XCOM game. It, it is, pretty much. Except in much deeper. Yeah, you are... Ooh, mixed reviews, though. Ooh. Well, no, because it happens it went on sale. It had, before that, it had like mostly positive reviews. Went on sale, people bought it, and were like, what the fuck is this? Why are there 16 sub-menus? What are you talking this about right now? This person has 42.4 <laughs> hours on record, and uh, they say not recommend. However, they had 41.1 when they reviewed, so they played it for another hour and a half, so maybe they turned <laughs> around on it. And said, Listen here. <laughs> By the way, they did uh, the good and the bad. The first thing on the bad is... <laughs> The manual is 350 pages long. <laughs> Philistines. Uh. Plebeians. Oh, You'll never man. understand the true joy of, of micromanaging your fucking leader's health. You know, make sure you go to the doctor. Six hours on record. Holy you don't understand. I get it. He spent, he spent the first 40 hours reading, I see. I yeah, exactly. I <laughs> he played for an hour and a half. Can you read the manual offline, or do you have to have the game running to read the manual? It's just a her PDF file. Okay. So, it's in the game as well, though, in case you need to know stuff. So, maybe he read it in there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you'll never, they'll never know the joy of tracking how much water my Italian uh, soldiers have to cook their pasta with. Okay? <laughs> you don't understand how how deep and engrossing that gameplay is. Oh, God. Oh, it sounds like that, that snow survival game. What was that called? You're like in a crater and it's snowing and your people. Oh, Frostpunk. Like, yes, I played that for a little bit. Made some uh, child labor laws. <laughs> yeah, I got rid of them. <laughs> Before we go, I want to say this about Frostpunk. When I, when it first came out, I had an issue with Frostpunk, which the only way to progress in the game was to choose to go either fascist or like religious fascist. Those are your two choices. They've since added like a communism workers option you can do. Uh, but all the options you take are you get, you turn evil by the end of it, right? Like, you, you have to do terrible things to survive. Oh, yeah. But after this motherfucking pandemic that's happening, I now understand. I get it. <laughs> These dumb motherfuckers can't wear a mask in public and can't avoid eating at a restaurant for a couple of weeks. I understand now. Yeah. We have to kill them. Yeah. Put them in camps. Chain them up. Okay. That's how we had to survive. Okay. And and these fuckers want to leave my camp to walk their asses back to London where it froze over eight months ago? No, I understand now. I get it. It's time for full fascism. Let's do it. Like, you okay. fuckers. We don't endorse oh, most of what he just yes. says. Only in video games. Yeah. But <laughs> think about people who, who complain about China's overreach of authority by, like, making people stay home. They would call that authoritarian or fascist. It right. worked, though, didn't it? Yeah. The Chinese soldiers are alive now, and we, a lot of us, are dead. So, Frostpunk, mm. go play it. It's a great game about yeah, crossing moral awesome. boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> all right well is that an episode y'all i think that is an ep that'd be 
All right. Well, uh, I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter uh, at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at Part Time Pretzel. I stream every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Beaches Marcus. And, and I occasionally, <laughs> I occasionally do art on this podcast. Occasionally do art. <laughs> occasionally. Uh, our theme song is done. I by. can't wait to see Sam Rashamu. By the way. Oh yeah. No. Nothing new has happened to Sam Rashamu. <laughs> mm, uh, shocked. Unfortunately. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a guest on the show before, especially in our movie reviews. He has his own podcast called Southern's Matdown. We talk about wrestling from the South. If that sounds interesting, go check it out. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Fuck Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Jared Leto. <laughs> hey, two for one. We have stopped trying to solve our problems and are trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Leaningless Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Peace.